Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Davis, you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Damien Harris with me this morning. How are you, D? Hey. <laughs> right, and, <laughs> and all going... the way from sunny Ibiza, Ty Papula is here. Hey, T. Hello, mate. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to make you do this. Um, uh, no, it's um, it's 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 nice to do it in the sunshine. It's nice to see you lot, actually. It's nice to it's nice to be back on here. The miracle oh, of a, I of a I missed internet all the, connection. Missed all the good bits, and um, <laughs> you come in. The plane is going down. We've lost both engines. We're yeah. going down. We're looking to land it in the Hudson. <laughs> uh, if we can, if we've got a really really experienced pilot. Oh shit. Oh, he started early. Oh. <laughs> I've got COVID, so I'm at home with COVID, and I caught COVID. I took the family to New York. Um, didn't have COVID when I left the country, and I've got COVID when I came back. So apologies to everyone on the uh, American Airlines flight the other day. <laughs> if you're feeling a bit crap this morning, I, I might have contributed. So I think I've got it either on the flight out or in, in America. So and I sound a bit ropey. I sound a bit, bit jet lagged, and I sound weird. I was say, how are you feeling? Are you feeling like? Yeah. Um, do you forget that we didn't actually win any? Like in your head, did we win the last three games? And then you sort of suddenly <laughs> no. go, "Oh no!" no do, you think, do you think it's COVID, COVID, or do you think it's like Arsenal's form that's making me feel? Do you think you're delirious? Because <laughs> yeah. you know they do have an effect on my mental health. There's no doubt about that. If we, if we win three in a row, I feel great. I feel great to be alive. Um, but I don't know, I feel awful. I, I felt rough on Wednesday, but I really, really wanted to go to the, the new Yankee Stadium to see the Yankees play the Blue Jays, who you may know of my kind of pet baseball team. And uh, it was a great, great game of baseball. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., you may, may know of, uh, anyone who likes baseball, scored three home runs in the game. The first home run he scored while I was still in the ticket office. <laughs> it was in the top of the first inning. But I saw the other two. Holy smoke, that guy can hit. He's one of those kind of big, heavy set baseball players who looks like he can hit it a long way. And he can. And uh, Aaron Judge got a home run. It was great. It was really great. And the new stadium there is massive. And it was built literally across the street from the old stadium. And where the old stadium, well, I went to the last game in the old stadium in 2008. Wow. And the old stadium now is just a field with which has got a baseball diamond in it, which I think is really nice. So actually, they've done something really classy and stylish, which is yeah. quite as you as you both well know, quite unlike Americans. <laughs> really, but they really have pulled off something quite elegant and classy. Yeah. And the stadium's magnificent, and the way they've left the space where the old stadium was. I think. I mean, perhaps it's just pending development. I mean, there may be yeah, yeah, a yeah, monstrous so. skyscraper going up any minute. I, don't know. I went to see. Um, I went to see uh, the Giants once um, with actually someone with with a, uh, a podcast listener. In fact, it's one of the times the first time I met him, a guy called Medi who listens to the podcast. I mean, when I went to Burning Man, and he very kindly put me up in his house having not met me at all and um, oh, that was a one just, time only deal well no it was lovely it was, it, I'm, I'm mentioning it now because it was the power of the podcast it was in the early days when it was fun and people liked us and then like, <laughs> I went over there oh come was, on it's uh, still it fun no, I mean you're right no one likes us <laughs> but, it was, but um, okay. the score the score was 17-4 or something oh, like that and shit. I thought, yeah, 30, and I thought this is amazing and he went you do realise this doesn't happen all the time in baseball and I was like no yeah. this is that was my first game. It was like a really high-scoring one, but baseball's brilliant to go. It's kind of brilliant live. I haven't sort of really got super into it watching it on telly yet. 
Well, this will be like, you know, what, what Vladdy Guerrero did, getting three home runs in a game. If it was your first game, you might think, oh, that's the shit that happens. Oh. That does not happen. <laughs> that does right. not happen, you know. But the thing with him is he's done it before and he's only 23. There's only one other player in the history of baseball who's done it. He's done two triple home run games younger. So he really is something. The guy at the sportscasters referred to him as a generational hitter. I, I must say, it's one of the things I do love. I mean, I'm not one of those people who's down in American sport. I love American sport. But what I really love are the sportscasters, the way they could... The, the game the following night, there was a rain delay, a 90-minute rain delay, and the two guys, uh, about, they looked about 40-something, with no footage, no interviews, no one to throw to, no clips, just talked baseball for an hour and a half until the game started. I mean, really, wow. uh, in this country, the only equivalent we have is Test Match Special. I was going to say, Agus could, Agus <laughs> Agus could, do, could do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and all the old guys, well, you know, Test Match Special's changed a lot, of course, with all the new voices they're bringing in, but they could still do it. They could definitely do it. But, um, yeah, I've, I sat and watched it. I watched it, you know. Mm. I mean, it put a huge strain on my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do? Um, we're in New York. Oh, what do, are we going to do? Can you do um, test match? Speaking of test match, for sure. Can you do from the view from the boundary at least one more time in my lifetime? And yes, I you, hope to. And can it be on the day that we go to a match together? I just want to get in that box. It's, my, it's like my, literally my lifetime ambition. The only two people I've known well enough to try and blag it are you and Nihal did it as well once. I just want to sit in that box. It's like it's a, it'd be a lifetime dream. It's, it must have been fun doing that. I love doing that. What's weird about the box, the press box at Lords is, I mean, you know what a spectacular build, building it is, and uh, and again we're talking about architectural triumphs that could have gone horribly wrong at the home yes. of cricket, the very mm. traditional. Um, but the thing is, it's a sealed box, so it's totally silent in it. It's like a library, right? And uh, mm -hmm. and so when you if you're in there and you're watching the game, if someone's free scoring and hitting fours and every, all the kids and everyone's waving the number four that they've been given on the way in, you can't hear anything. So I do slightly feel so. Someone should open a window. Are a bit, a bit, yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit detached from reality. I mean, at least at the Emirates, um, we, the press box is at the back of block. 31, isn't it? Ah, next oh, door, ten, next it's door 10 to minutes us. by the time you said Emirates, which I suppose. <laughs> um, so. Very yeah, quick this as is I... The, this is the Arsenal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very Listen, quick. Look, we're recording this at 11am on Sunday. Sorry, Dee, go on. I watched The Gentleman last night, uh, the Guy Ritchie film, uh, and there Don't it is. It. Oh, it's actually very good. Um, what's his face? Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah. uh, he's very, very good. He's very but good Paddington 2, by the way. Oh, best Paddington film. Paddington 2 is a great, great film. Best film of the century. So they're, they're, he's spying on someone. And there's a little meeting in the uh, club level boxes between two sort of like heads of, you know, gangster types at the Emirates. And Hugh Grant is in the section near us with his long lens taking photos of it. In the wow. press box. I so know. they've put the Emirates on a locations website. They, yeah. if, you want, <laughs> if you want people to film in your house, listeners, those of you, might, you may, this might not be widely known, I don't know, but you can just make yourself available as a, as a film location. There's sort of two or three places you can just put yourself on uh, for TV and film location. What you might end up getting is people want to do a photo shoot in your garden or whatever. It can be quite, you can, you can get a few quid. Um, yeah. And they, they've obviously done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know someone, yeah, I know someone had one of those location agencies once and the and the old stadium was on there as well. Um, we might be able to club together at the end of the season and buy a striker. Well, I used to have a flat with a roof terrace. Yeah. And when I bought it, I inherited uh, Brenda, the Irish cleaner, who was a lovely, lovely woman. I say in my stand-up, she followed all the traditions of the old country. Uh, don't put your shoes on the table, it's bad luck. Don't clean above eye level. That's one of my best jokes. <laughs> One of my best jokes I do in my... Anyway, she told me that the previous owners used to use, let it out as a location and they'd had Catherine Zeta-Jones in there and oh, on one yeah. occasion, Boyzone had done a, a video on the roof and when wow. she said Ronan, I thought she was going to cross herself and go to her knees. <laughs> she absolutely loved that boy and he is it's, a beautiful man. Was that the one yeah. with the pool table? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah I put a and pool the table in the pool. The swimming yeah. pool and the pool table. Catherine Zeta-Jones swam naked in that swimming pool. Uh, I've seen the film. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say you saw the pictures at one point there. No, no, because I, <laughs> no, I did have I, that, either that film came on and it was like... Splitting that, Airs with Eric Idle. Yeah, is that, is that yeah. Alan? Yeah. It's pretty ropey. I saw a worse film on the plane. Oh, yeah. I saw a film called The Bookseller with Michael Caine uh, in which he plays a kind of a very elderly writer and he's brilliant. How, he's still brilliant. And he's knocking on now, Michael Caine, but it was a brilliant performance. And then I watched a film called The Commando with Mickey Rourke. And that was shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mickey Rourke still got it. Mickey Rourke, what has happened now? My goodness. Anyway, we should talk about the football. We should talk about the football, lads. Come on, yeah. Come on, uh, well, can try. I just say, you do sound a bit like Michael Caine with your slightly nasally voice. He, he smokes cigars all the way through the film and then he right. has a really brilliant cough. I don't know, you know, it's difficult to do a lot of the things that look easy in acting and a really good hacking lungy cough is not easy. Right. Hello, <laughs> Michael buff. Caine does the best hacking lungy cough. <laughs> I mean, it feels like he must have smoked cigars for two weeks on put to get himself ready for it. Uh, are we still going to have to talk about the football? I'm going to read you something. I want to read you something before we talk about the football. Uh, I'm going to read you something from the uh, Guardian website. Um, okay, here it goes. Here it goes. Let me just get this up. Uh, Southampton fully merited their win on the strength of a dominant first half and effective late rearguard action. Uh, they should feel confident of a strong run if they continue to play with the seriousness shown here. The home side pressed with genuine cohesion and understanding. Their hustle was a constant hindrance to Arsenal and directly brought about the winning goal. Uh, that is from a match report in January 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, when uh, when Southampton knocked Arsenal out of the FA Cup, which I don't know, uh, frequently on this podcast, middle-aged men struggle to recall recent <laughs> events. I, yes, that, I, I had totally forgotten that. Um, no, I had remembered Heiss, Gabriel, 24 OG. Um, well, that was... Knocked us out of the Cup last season. That was the game. I mean, we were all very, very angry about that, if you do remember, because it was, we, we threw the cup away, right? Because didn't we play Southampton three days later or about a week later and smash them? But we put out a, a lesser side that day, didn't we? Um, yeah. And it felt like we'd thrown away the chance for um, our trophy a- Another year. FA Cup, yeah. Um, yeah, well, we should get We did again, didn't thoughts we? Thoughts on the lineup yesterday? Was it what you wanted? Um, well, well, I don't know whether there's well, much. What are the choices? To yeah, what are the choices? I don't think there's much else you can do. I, I mean, really I, do. I feel I must say, and I've been banging on about it for weeks, and I'm a bore. But I do think we should play three at the back and and wing backs with the players that we have. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, might, uh, Ben White might. in the middle of a back three with his range of passing. I think he could be superb. Holding and Gabrielle either side. Saka is a wing back at the moment. I would play with Tierney out, and then somebody else on the right. I'd love it to be Maitland Niles, but somebody else well, on the right. Cedric's well, crossing this seems to threat. completely, you know. And then I would like to have two struggles. Lacazette wasn't playing yesterday, and uh, as we were saying off air, uh, had his best game for weeks. Oh, <laughs> I knew I should have saved it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I actually didn't realise because in our in our little group chat yesterday I said how did he play and you did say um his best game and then I did look at the lineup and he wasn't even on the bench so I was like oh, see okay. what I did there yeah, yeah. okay then. I'm like Billy Crystal you, you see what you I did there you guys saw it so after his storming um after his storming substitute appearance last week. It seems like Eddie and Katia didn't quite make the grade yesterday. <sighs> He's frustrating. He's frustrating, but I really, really, I know, it's, again, I'm repeating myself, but I feel sorry for this kid so much because he, he started yesterday because Laka, who's been really, really struggling, um, 
I'll give you it's an email from Daniel McLaughlin with a song for Lacker. Oh man, Lacker, that old man Lacker, <laughs> he must know something, but he don't say nothing because he just keeps rolling. He keeps rolling along. He don't score headers. He don't score volleys. Them assistant pre-assists is soon forgotten, but oh. He just keeps rolling along. Uh, that's wonderful. And that's Brilliant. Superb. That's really superb. suited my voice this morning, really Daniel. I appreciate that. Hank Marvin, not Hank Marvin. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> Who am Lee I think- Marvin. Thank you. <laughs> Lee Marvin, not the old guy from the shadows. Um, that's from Dan McLaughlin who says, keep doing your great work. No Teddy story, but he does seem like a knob. He does. He? <laughs> Very good. Thank you for that. I watched the uh, match of the day highlights last night of Arsenal's game and they showed Eddie and Katia just warming up and they said it was his first start in the Premier League for a year and that is really remarkable. I, how are you supposed to deliver, really, if you're not being used? He's given away one of the best strikers in Europe to Barcelona who's banging in goals every week. It's a constant embarrassment. It's the massive elephant in the bloody room. It's awful. And... Lacazette can't get in the box and doesn't seem to want to get in the box to get on the end of anything. And so he, he hasn't scored. We've got one other striker in the club. And despite Lacazette's form, despite giving Aubameyang away, he still doesn't give Nketiah games. You have to use people. You have to give them starts here and there. You have to find a way. He gave him games, of course, in the League Cup and he delivered. He was prolific in the League Cup. Some wonderful finishes. Mm. And when he came on in the match against Brighton, he picked the ball up and ran at defenders. He got onto a rebound from a free kick so superbly, was unlucky to hit the bar. A brilliant header that drew an incredible save from the Brighton keeper. And he really looked a live wire striker. He's a young kid, but he's got he's full of energy and he wants to do well. He hits the turf looking genuinely distraught when we've lost matches. And he, he probably, if we sat with him, would say, oh, I just desperately want to play for Arsenal. And he can feel his Arsenal career slipping through his fingers. He can feel it. He's going to be out the door in a minute. He doesn't know where he'll be playing next season. Quite possibly at Brighton because Danny Welbeck, who we, we, you know, who we love, he's getting towards the end of his career and they're mm. going to be looking for somebody. And I read in the paper that they're looking at Eddie and Katia. And if he went to Brighton next season and trained with and played with, with Danny Welbeck, he would definitely improve under Potter. They get the ball on the ground. They play it to feet. They desperately need someone who can make things happen in the box. He snaps around at defenders. He follows up rebounds. He does all the things an out-and-out striker does. It's the one thing Brighton lack. They were superb yesterday at the Armitage Shanks, Brighton. Mm. Absolutely superb, the way they kept possession. and They looked so composed and organised, just carrying on what they'd done at the Emirates. They outplayed Arsenal. And I, I just feel... Yeah, he didn't score a goal yesterday, Eddie. And it's but his first start for a year. He's just not using people, you know. You're not using the squad properly, and you're stuck to the same eleven. Some of them are running on empty. Saka's played too many games following on the Euros last summer. I just think it's bad, but poor management. Is mm. there a striker like Eddie Nketiah that's his type of player, like as a? As someone as a reference point, I mean, Aguero is a bad one because of the people who he was well, playing. I say, with, I would say, so Welbeck is. Um, but he's not. You know, Welbeck's, you know, Welbeck's six. Forty odd caps for England, about sixteen goals. Played for Manchester United and Arsenal. His performance in the FA Cup final in twenty seventeen it was it will live long in the memory. Two years mm. out with injuries, Welbs. But this is the career that he can look at, right? What I mean is a style of play, like the style of player that that he is, is that. Because I can't see one like him, and I don't think modern. Or don't, I mean, we certainly aren't set up for a five foot nine penalty box kind of player. And does Could that you kind tell of player have? That? Does that kind of play? Well, yeah. Does that kind of player need to play alongside? You know, another forward, and therefore no, these modern types games, of players too. They normally in the modern game they normally play as a nine with two either side. But there are plenty of examples. Good strikers in that kind of ilk, I think, of Danny Ings or Callum Wilson or even Ivan Tony, although he's a bigger, broader-shouldered sort of a player. Eddie's going to be a number nine for someone. I, I just feel sorry for him that he has not been well used and well brought on. 
He's, he's at the club and he did get a start yesterday, but there are other players that I can think of. Reese Nelson, for example, loaned out. Maitland-Niles loaned out. Willock sold. Who, who are promising youngsters who we thought might kick on this season. Some of them have weird signings get in their way. Willian and also Pepe blocked their path to the team. He's brought in Erdegaard, Ceballos on loan for two years. Got in the way of some good Arsenal kids who have now gone. I don't know when they come back whether Nelson and Maitland Niles will be considered or sold. I feel a bit sort of. Yeah, I don't think it's been well. A lot of the player recruitment, a lot of the development of young players hasn't been well handled, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, and no, I think I'm slightly disagreeing with you there because I, I don't think we miss any of the. I don't think we miss any of them we've gone apart from. Um, Personal kind of soft spot for Ainsley that we've all got, but yeah, but see, we yeah. did bad. We really missed people in that game against Brighton. We just had Sambi Laconga on his own. You're not telling me if we'd had Joe Willock and Ainsley Maitland Niles at the club, we couldn't have fielded them in midfield in that game, and they'd have done better up against Enoch and Basuma and Casado. You know, Laconga was out of his depth in that game again because he hasn't started a game for ages, and he's just suddenly thrown in. We lose Thomas Partey. He puts Shaka to left back. Inexplicable. He's wildly out of position for the first goal. The midfield's weakened because there's most senior players absent. It was We're extraordinary Brighton. team selection right? playing Brighton at home. Yeah, yeah, that was dreadful. And we need if you want someone who can fill in left back or fill in centre mid. We've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He picked for England by Gareth Southgate. This is a talented footballer. Picked for Arsenal. As a teenager, 17, 18, 19, by Arsene Wenger, loaned out to Italy, inexplicable in my view. And we need players now. We are, the squad is too thin. I'd much rather see him getting the game time that Cedric's been getting. Cedric now the important linchpin in the Arsenal team. Too right. Of course. And it's, again, another slightly weird signing getting in the way. If we were playing three at the back and you had Reese Nelson, you could have uh, Reese Nelson on the right and Bakai Saka on the left as, as wing-backs. I, I find it really frustrating. Yeah? The goals, which I'm sure we're going to get to in a minute, I mean, anything that's going to dis- distract... The burden on Saka is already far, far, far too much. So putting him at wing back for me wouldn't have been the answer. But like I hear you, you're looking for suggestions and stuff like that. But... It's just the paucity of the squad, which is kind of which has really come back to to bite us, really. But I, not, yeah, not just I mean, the paucity of the squad, but also the sorry, Steve, but also just the we're trying to raise the quality, and we did that with our signings and stuff. And don't forget, Tommy Asu's out and so on. But yeah, we're with anything going slightly wrong, then everything gets derailed. Go on, D, sorry. But but when we look at yeah, there were risks taken in January um, and. We didn't have Europe. We knew we had relatively small games, and but this was always a possibility. But I think it's been a. I feel it's been a bit of a, a storm where maybe it's that pressing game that he wants us to play. Maybe we're knackered. Do you remember Klopp's team, Klopp's Liverpool in the those first few seasons? They would often have these periods late on where you know that high pressing game catches up on you. Did we make those mistakes over the last five years of going for those players' panic buys? You know, know, those panic buys that then they hang around like a bad smell. I I, want to say, not Podolsky maybe, but, you know, we we did that. And maybe another, you know, another window, another good focus window where we get five players... We do need a good window. I mean, we we have praised the management about their, their window in August last summer, uh, but their January window this season was a shit show. Well, that's it. It was a it was a disaster, and really a total disaster. And they gutted the squad and have left us too thin. And now we're losing every week. I don't know if they've noticed, we are losing every week. And even though we pass nicely and our boys are talented, you look at the bench, you look around, they, all, they are knackered. And the, the fine line between sticking it in the net or getting it between defenders with that assist, that assist, that's what fatigue brings. And they gutted the squad. It was stupid what they did in January. They'd have been better off doing none of those deals. Just, just, just shutting up shop, we're not doing any business and keeping everyone. Because it was ridiculous what they did. It was, it was balls up. It's terrible management. It's a, it was obvious to all of us, even though we haven't got Europe. And now, look at us. What a shambles. We've got a massive game at Chelsea. You know, I actually do feel, I mean, I might be an idiot, uh, 
it's, it's a commonly held opinion. But I, I do feel <laughs> that we've got a better chance at Chelsea than we have in these other games because the game might be a bit more open. Yeah. But I watched the highlights last night because I've been away and of them beating Southampton 6 0. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> the movement, the speed that they do things at, they're, they're good Reece, side. Reese James against, against any of our. Well, in that game, that the damage was done by Timo Werner and Mason Mount, who just seemed to be continually in space, instant first touch, yeah, scoring just like, goals. Just like Everton only winning their one, you know, Everton's only bright spot, and United, for that matter, being He's, against us. The time that Timo Werner will suddenly start hitting the back of the net at will, and when it starts going in off his eyebrow, will inevitably... Well, in that game that they won 6-0, Werner hit both posts and the bar. (laughs) (laughs) And scored two. So, I mean, Mm. they could have won won 8-0 and even even had a hat-trick. Just on the uh, (laughs) recruitment thing, um, and I hear you, Dee, about like... Well, I hear both of you, actually. You want to get rid of the... I'm all right with some of the Deadwood going because we've all moaned about that enough. But also, you've got a live situation where... We didn't think we were going to be in the position that we were in January. And instead of... And it feels like they had a long-held plan which they were going through with, even though the situation itself had changed. We're on the edge. All of a sudden, by accident, we're on the edge of Champions League qualification. Um, for whatever the reason, we've talked about it, I still disagree with getting rid of Aubameyang for whatever reason. Um, and we obviously tried to get another striker in. But that window shutting without these goal, without knowing, without having an extra source of goals was... As you say, um, Al, just disastrous, and that's the one that does. That's the one that makes me angry because it was a, as I say, it was a live situation, and you had to kind of react to it. You know, it wasn't part of the plan, but we weren't supposed to be in fourth as part of the plan. We thought we were going to come sixth at best this season, which is where we yeah. might end up now. You anyway. know, the funny thing about I was reading that report from the game a year ago at Southampton in the Cup. Uh, that was a game that Aubameyang missed for personal reasons. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you could have put that one in as well to complete. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't just change the day? That's ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know how many goals he scored now for Barca, but it's not even just about whether we should have kept him or not, and there's reasons for that. And But there should have been more goals coming in because Mermaid, Merman was never going to, to do anything about it. And we had that lovely purple patch of, you know, the 20-year-olds scoring um, our goals for us. And... With the assists and pre-assists. With the assistant, from- yeah, but it wasn't yeah. going to, you know. So now we play Chelsea away at Manchester United at home. We also have away games at West Ham and later on in the season, Tottenham. We, we have to go to Newcastle, which is trickier these days than it used to be. And our other two matches are against teams absolutely fighting for their lives under new management in Everton and Leeds. So it, we have a tricky run So we can't uh, down. Have we, have the numbers? <laughs> <Can> we, <laughs> yeah, we're safe, safe from the drop. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I was thinking, get, I like everybody else feeling... I was feeling optimistic about the top four race because, and then yesterday, I mean, I got out off my sofa in Trossard. Uh, Eric Dyer yeah. absolutely bottled it, turned his back again. Dyer's such a big bloke. Why is he so frightened of the ball? He did it in another one of their games the other day. He's the easiest player. It's, it reminds me of Henri on Jamie Carragher. Just sells ah. him a W and he just turns him <laughs> inside out. But he, at Trossard, then lovely little outside of the foot goal, and I'm on my feet, and yes, come on. And I'm saying to my kids, Arsenal will be watching this they'll be in the dressing room at Southampton they'll see this they'll know what they've got to do and then afterwards he's Arteta's going oh it's we had so many shots if it's basketball we'd win and we had loads of shots yeah I I know Forster made three good saves I mean one of them in particular one-handed to his left was an excellent save but that's what Premier League keepers do you've got to stick the ball in the corner of the goal and score and if you had a couple of top, top of decent strikers like a Callum Wilson or an Ivan Tony or a Patrick Bamford or you know most other clubs have got them, and or even if he had an Eddie Nketiah who'd had plenty of games and was confident and felt part of it, so one of those would go in, right? It's definitely something yeah, about like you you mentioned about um, after the trust, you know after after they lost yesterday, thinking right that's it we got to grasp it. But it was the same against Palace, playing later. Something about you know something 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 pressure. We 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 can't step up to it. Like we, Dee, we actually, well you went nervous. to Palace, right? You went yeah. to Palace. So what? Tell me about that night. What what was it like? First of all, what was it like amongst the support? 
Were you amongst the Arsenal support? Uh, what was it like in there? And um, and just what, what did it feel like watching them? There was a lot of infusion. There was a lot. There was there were many, or well, certainly at the beginning, lusty renditions of the Arteta song, which was carried on from. Um, We've got Super Mikotetu. Yeah. And was on yeah. yesterday as well. They were singing it yesterday mm. at the beginning. But the Palace fans <laughs> were responding with Super Vieira. Super Pat Vieira, and that sounded like a taunt. I don't know if I was just taking it as that. Uh, was it their song first? It sounds like it's, it's. I think it's just doing the doing the league, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got a, everyone's got a take on it. Um, there was like, I mean, there was a lot of it. There was super excitement. It, everyone knew it was kind of a big game, but it just felt like. I mean, it's been talked about um, for, tactically about how Vieira seemed to have a number on us, but the atmosphere was 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 really really good to start with, and then just that kind of disbelief about how cack we were. Um, and by the end of it, there was by the end of it, it was back to singing again. I mean, you know, the way. The away fans, our, our support is always really, I say it's always really good. It's always really good when I go, which isn't that often. Um, so th- there was still super enthusiasm because at that time, especially at that time, it was it was the first of this three, wasn't it? It was like, let's see what happens next. Let's see if we can bounce back from it. But the atmosphere was great. Um, and the atmosphere in the ground was, 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 was brilliant. Um, and it was just, it was amazing seeing Patrick Vieira kind of strolling around like that, like oh, on his you're own. Gonna me, you're going to make me weep. But then, don't. yeah, but then it kind of made you, <laughs> it, it did make me a little bit throat lumpy. It's too yeah. upsetting. Really, it's so upsetting really to see how calm and composed really he is legend. when they score and he just does a really slow fist clench and turns and smiles at his number two. Almost as if to say, "Oh, thanks for reading me a story last night." It really, it really <laughs> calmed me down. Really, not giving him a really hard hug. It's all right, it's all right Patrick. Are you yeah. okay, Patrick? Oh, I feel like honestly, I could kill a man with my bare hands, but I do. I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm squeezing the little thing in my pocket. <laughs> That squeezy, that squeezy Roy Keane toy you gave me. <laughs> A lot of Palace fans I spoke to at the start of the season thought it was a bit of a show, you know, a, a show pony kind of appointment. And a lot of them were... They don't think that now, though, do they? It. They do not think that now. They no. absolutely love him. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's one of it's a couple of elephants in Arsenal's room at the moment. Is at what gonna, point he's, does he's he come and manage Arsenal? Arsenal? He's going to pass Arsenal and go straight, straight to the Etihad. Do you think? That's going to hurt as well. That will kill us if that happens. <laughs> that really will. That will kill us. Not I don't be you know, surprised. Do, I mean, really, in, if we have a worst case scenario, right? We, we haven't lost five in a row since 1977. But if we do lose to Chelsea and if Cristiano Ronaldo does turn up next week, and do what he did to Norwich yesterday. Norwich outplayed Man United yesterday. There's another striker, by the way, Pookie. <laughs> a goal and an assist and clever running. And he was in space right at the death, Pookie in the box, totally free. And the Norwich player had took a shot that went in the crowd from outside the box instead of a simple ball to the far post for him. But Ronaldo scored three goals. If we lose five in a row and then we'll go, we've still got West Ham and Tottenham away to come, in normal circumstances, the manager's in trouble here. He's under threat. Um, and if that happens, do you think he will be in trouble? Who's in charge over there? Who does um, the fire? Who does the firing if they want to change the manager? We might win at Chelsea. We might win at United. And as Mikel has done at other points this season, just turn it around in the blink of an eye, suddenly yeah. it's back up. Because it has been like a, and that's a cliche, but it's been like a roller coaster. It's three wins, three defeats. Up, up, down. We're great, wish it. Yeah. We're great, wish it. And we feel really like it could go either way. But who does the firing? Does Edu do the firing? Does Vinay do it? If they want, if they're thinking, does Josh Cronker, do they call him up and say, Josh, we need a conversation? We need to talk about Mikel? We need well, to. We, there's uh, the title. <laughs> Weirdly, got, <laughs> weirdly, we've got the same situation that we had with Arsene Wenger, where the manager seems to be making the decisions above his pay grade. Like they've said very early on in the piece, haven't they? They said very early on in the piece, Mikel Arteta is our man, which is great for stability and so forth. But it also means, like you say, and he works very closely with Edu and so on. It seems like he's kind of in charge of them kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really good. But they so, can have a Zoom call without him, right? No, 
No, they can't. He's he's got he's, he's, he's got, got a spy, some sort of spyware yeah, no. on his, yeah, his No, he's got some Mossad sort of like spyware. Oh, I imagine the Mikhail always thinks someone's having a Zoom call without me. Yeah. They're having a Zoom call without me. I know they are. While Edu's on the Zoom, his phone will start ringing, and, the, and Vinay and Josh will go, "Is that your? Is that Mikhail? I'm not answering it. I'm not answering it. And then it'll get, then it will stop ringing, and then Josh's phone will ring. And then Vinay <laughs> phone will ring and they'll, all, and they'll all be ignoring the call and then you'll hear a car pull up outside and a banging on the door I'm not answering it go look for the spy hole is it Mikel? it's Mikel. he's outside my door he's outside my door quick are we going to fire him or not there's two members of the pit, two members of the pit crew dressed as uh, British yeah. gas as cleaners British, British gas honestly Mikel has got pit crew members tailing Vinay and Josh and Edu just tailing just tailing one of them where he is at all times, I know he's talking to. Josh, calls many agents. Yeah, Josh, did you have someone outside your house doing your telephone line again? <laughs> was he dressed in an Arsenal shirt? Sure I'm sure it was a cannon, yeah. Sure. Yeah, two Arsenal fans. Like, they, how do they know that in the area to send, to send us Arsenal fans? What's going on? So yeah, so I don't I don't know if anyone um, can fire him. Maybe he'll fall on his own sword. Maybe he believes in himself. I, I think one of the reasons I, uh, why. Sorry, go on, D. What D? What? Oh no! Now you both you both know what, what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? Still trust the process. Well, I think they probably will it's trust the process. I mean, I th- I, it's it's not all bad. There you go. There it's you go. not all it's bad. It's not all bad. No one's Damien, saying it's all Damien, bad. Yes, you are. No, we're not. We're, <laughs> we're looking at actually <laughs> what's actually. We're looking at what's actually happening, which is giving away the best striker in Europe, mishandling young players. Not rotating the squad efficiently and getting piss poor results whilst maintaining the kind of I'm I'm in charge. Everyone needs to just get on the boat and trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. But we can see behind you the building's on fire, Mikel. It's a shit show. Optimism D. We need. I mean, I I know that Partey's injured, Tommy Asu's injured, Tien is injured. I get I get that. This is three of our best players this season. I do get that. But it's, it's, it's legitimate to say, hang on a minute, this isn't looking good. This is looking bad. We might still finish top six. We might get into the Europa League, which will be a good outcome for Arsenal this season. And we might even finish top four because United and Tottenham, as someone put it in one of the papers, it feels like a very slow bicycle race to get into the top four. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. I should credit whoever came up with that line because it was funny and it was a good one. Do you think there's an element of... Um... Because the shit, like, because the foundations aren't, the foundations that Mikel um, Arteta is building aren't so established that the reason why the, the 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 support keeps going up and down like that is because it all, it never feels quite right when it's going at the moment. It never feels quite right when it's going right. It always feels like we are one to one game away from this. Yeah, and that's what that's why there's that's why the, the sort of despair kind of sets in. Um, maybe unfairly because but you I, know, yeah. But I think we're three is. or four players away from yeah, well, because this those, has but, exposed. But gee, maybe those players are Saliba, Gwendozi, Willock, Maitland Niles. Well, yeah, Saliba's. Yeah, you know, Saliba, we already have others, those though. players. We have no, those Saliba's. players already. I mean, Al, I don't know about the others. Saliba, maybe, but I'm, I'm not. What do you mean you don't know about the others? What are you talking about? Gwendozi's in the France squad. He's going to the World Cup. He's a superb midfielder. He was an idiot at Brighton a couple of years ago. He absolutely embarrassed himself. He needed helping in that situation, not just booting out the club. It's ridiculous management. Piss poor. He's having a superb season for Marseille. They're right up the top of Liga and he's going to go to the World Cup. I liked him. He had a lot of energy. He was a powerhouse. And I'd love him to still be at the club. Saliba looks like he's going to be a superb centre-half. And Maitland, Niles and Willett are straight out of the academy. Good mates with Smith, Rowe and Saka should still be playing for Arsenal. That's my view. Those four players could have made a difference in the current situation. Now, you can tell me, oh, but that's, that wouldn't happen. He needs games. It wouldn't, he didn't want to be here. He, whatever. This guy's in charge and he's mismanaged that personnel. He's mismanaged the, the assets at his disposal. And I just think it's a balls up. 
It's frustrating to watch. It really is. But the game against Brighton, that was such a lame performance. It was feeble. And you look at Potter, you look at Hassan, who, you look at Vieira, all three of these coaches have done our coach in the last two weeks. And we do, the, you do in the end have to have a talk about him. You know, you can trust the process, back the manager, it's all about stability, etc., etc., etc. But this summer there has to be a conversation about it. I love okay. it. <laughs> so, the David Moyes game. It's <laughs> <laughs> the answer, David Moyes again. Oh, um, can, we talk, can we talk, can we talk about, about Ian Wone? Oh, yeah, can we just do. talk about Tottenham, Brighton, Brighton? I got a, several texts from Brighton friends going, we're walking around Tottenham High Road singing North London is ours. Um, Brighton, yeah, <laughs> which I felt yeah. bittersweet about. It, That's it, quite yeah. funny. There's a little report I read that there was some homophobic chanting from Arsenal fans. No, um, not surely the old uh, uh, Brighton, uh, in the Brighton game. Does your boyfriend uh, know you're here? Chant. Was that, that what was, it was? I didn't hear anything, but we no, had the Houston club. I think um, it was. I think it was just a couple of individuals. It wasn't like a full. Oh, I hate individuals. Yeah. I went away with Brighton to Tottenham. Uh, yeah, in the game where Richard Carpenter in the FA Cup, I think it was quarterfinal, and Richard Carpenter, whose away shirt I sponsored, scored a free kick at White Hart Lane in the shirt I sponsored, which was a fine moment. But, um, yeah, was it right next to the away fans, the Tottenham fans. And Jesus Christ. I mean, this was 10, 15 years ago, but the the gay stuff was... Hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> it's bad. Stop it. I just remember, actually, it. like when Brighton fans at one point started singing same old Arsenal always cheating and then obviously Damien got up and got really, really angry. I yeah. did see, unfortunately, um, your half and half Arsenal Brighton pants that you were wearing <laughs> that day. So, no. Um, I think we should, at the end of the season, put those up I, for auction. I was fully, fully Arsenal that day and, yeah. So, lads, I've had a few emails. Uh, Darren Briodi's been back on. Um, hi, guys. Think it might be time to fire up the Fiesta. Who's in the Fiesta? From who's in the I Fiesta at be, the moment? Hang on, I can't be the only one who has been having hallucinations whilst watching Lacazette recently. <laughs> I often hear this vehicle is reversing. Warning: <laughs> This vehicle is reversing. <laughs> I went full tonto watching the Brighton game. It will have to be hallucinations if I'm to hear the Champions League theme of the Emirates next season. Keep up the good work with the pod. It would be so good to go and win at the bridge and beat United. As I said, full tonto. Uh, <laughs> kind regards, Darren. Thanks for the email, Darren. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. Um, now, Luke McGee sent me quite a lengthy email about <laughs> him and his mate or Arsenal fans went on a tour of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to see if it's really shit. <laughs> so, so love, I love fans. <laughs> We thought we'd get some petty thrills from asking questions about the trophy cabinet. <laughs> After my brother got over the initial shot that Spurs even offered a tour of the Armitage Shanks Arena. <laughs> what do they show you? Harry Kane's runners-up medals. <laughs> we found ourselves on the Spurs website. I strongly urge you to take a look at it. The delusional toss they waste server space on. <laughs> The homepage greets you with the somewhat inane quote, in a world full of United cities and rovers, there's only one hotspur. We are Tottenham hotspur. <laughs> that does sound shit. And then there's a banner image of Robbie Keane lifting the Carling Cup in 2008. <laughs> 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 uh, you can end your tour with something called the Dare Skywalk, which takes you all the way up to the Golden Chicken. One can only <laughs> presume the grand finale is to hang your ass over the edge of the glass platform and take a dump in the world's largest <laughs> toilet. <laughs> if we go, we will take a Spurs shirt to wipe ourselves afterwards. <laughs> oh, dear. All the best. I'll never email again. Thank you, Luke. I uh, do like an Arsenal fan going on the Tottenham website to consider a tour of the Armitage Shanks. That's pleased me greatly. That's like when, um, do you remember, when, what was the site that you used to go on after after games, the United site, D, back in the day? Um, was it the Red Red Issue? Yeah. Or is that, is that Liverpool's one? 
I think that was them. They cottoned on to the fact that it was populated by Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of money. Sort of subscription. Yeah, yeah, you need to start logging in and stuff. Well, they made it a bit more difficult anyway. Yeah, you have to protect, yeah. Well, as people realised with Arsenal Fan TV as well, there's a lot of money in There's a lot of money in that, you know. Yeah, for real. In what? Well, just so the first thing I do if Man United lose would go on the Red Issue site and watch them all moan. Uh, Like (laughs) many, you know, like many people will say, I'm straight on to AFTV if If we've just been beaten. We've been handed off. Keith's say on the phone ins with Tottenham lose, he loves it. I often yeah. get text messages going, they're all rigging up, they're all rigging well, up. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should hear them. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I missed that. that Can we just way. put on the, the Keith, Keith's wisdom uh, and self-control yesterday when I mentioned something about uh, Brighton beating Spurs on the on the WhatsApp group and he said, don't crow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, he was right. Well, the bit that he was right, and that's usually my, that's usually my thing. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah, The optimism. I've got the group up here, basically. So you've gone seagull redemption, and he's gone. Let's no crow. Yeah, fifty like ten minutes later, five hours later, Keith is putting up the details for the Europa Conference League final (laughs) venue for twenty twenty three, which is in the Romania Arenanas sixty seven (laughs) VB Stadium. Yeah, he's already uh, he's in his European final. already. <laughs> sorted, done deal, Mishkov Holiday Park, 38 euros per bunk. <laughs> yeah, I said to him, book it. <laughs> oh, Keith, thank you, Keith. Someone that we both know, D, Robert Hives, Rob Hives, is absolutely loving the semi-final. He's a big Leicester fan. Right. He's absolutely loving the Europa Conference League. They beat uh, Peshve, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, he went over the other day. That's mm. a great, that's a good away, Peshve. Yeah. That is a good away. Uh, now, Tim Innocent has emailed. Uh, he says, hi, Alan Cuffs Davis. I don't understand that. Keith Wildthing Dover and Damien Railings Harris. He's given us all nicknames that I don't understand. Uh, He says, having just about forgiven you for ignoring my Tuesday Club Choose Your Own Adventure email, I now offer you a (laughs) quiz. After the news this week that Jude Bellingham was nicknamed Shoes Bellingham as a child, I thought, Jude Bellingham, by the way, Ah. throw, throw the transfer budget at that. I thought we could do this. Pick the correct childhood nickname of these Arsenal defensive legends. Okay, there's only three of these. Uh, what is the childhood nickname? And there's it's a it's a uh, multiple choice. So number one, Sebastian Squalacci. His childhood <laughs> nickname was was it A Yacht, B Squid, or C Dolphin? <laughs> well, he played like a dolphin um, on land or did he or did he play like a squid <laughs> i would say the alliteration would make me go for squid 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 i'm going squid okay yeah. it's dolphin what uh, i mean here you know who cares uh johan juru what's this johan juru once, once in this parish um was his nickname a han han b donut or C, ghost. He would often let strikers ghost in behind oh, him. Oh, cruel and a cruel. I quite like you. Um, I would go ghost. Oh, I like donut. It's Han Han. I would have thought Diara would have been dolphin if we'd had that. He like, does oh. look a bit like it's a dolphin. Diara. He was always in such a bad mood. Was, Why was he so cross? As soon as he arrived, <laughs> they called it. Because like, <laughs> they didn't call it the. the, the, the Makaleli got the position named after him. Maybe yeah. that was maybe it. that's what he's annoyed about. There aren't many players who go from Portsmouth and use Arsenal as a stepping stone to Real Madrid, though. Should we? Should yeah. we? Have to, should you think we should have persevered? Is it players that we maybe we should have persevered with? I'm, I'm always. Gonna, I'm going to offer one up. Okay, go on. Should we have persevered with Emmanuel Fringpong? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go there. Bong, 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 bong. Should we have a <laughs> I think we got. 
I think we got all the joy that we were going to get out of Emmanuel. Really? I mean, we, we ended got... up bringing back Flamini. 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 We got the best years of Frinton. Should we have persisted? He ended up in Russia, didn't he? No one wants to be there. Frimpong did, yeah, yeah, and then he retired quite early. Didn't fancy it anymore. I, I would say I did love him when he first came on the scene. He was... He was very Arsenal, wasn't he? He's a hard man. Yeah. Hard man. Defensive midfielder. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be one of the seven, hands down. Uh, number three, Igor Stepanov's. Was his childhood nickname A, Iron Man, B, Iceman, or C, Dancer? It's too incongruous not to be Dancer. Is it Dancer? It is Dancer. <laughs> That's so random. Uh, thank you, Tim. Farewell, folks, says Tim. Thanks for the podcast. It always makes us laugh, which is important when we support a team without a striker. Ouch. Can we just this? go it's back? It's Tim. It's Yeah. As T mentioned, um, Ian Wone. Wow. Sean Dyche. Yeah, they find is him. available. Sean Dice is. I don't want Sean Dice to be the manager. If it, <laughs> if, if it's not Arteta, if Arteta, if there's a conversation about Mikel, if we beat Chelsea, if beat Man United, then the conversation about Mikel is parked, and he will be the manager next season. He really is. You know, he is a couple of wins away from securing his job for another year. I don't think they want to sack him. I don't think they want to make a change. I do think they trust the process and they want to back him. And I'm sure they are. Lining up transfers for the summer. I'm sure that's what they're trying to do anyway. If he isn't to be Mikel, if we lose the next three or four games and we uh, hit a really bad run of six defeats in a row or something disastrous, it has to be Vieira for me. And and if it isn't to be Vieira, then it has to be Potter. But really, I don't think... I think if Vieira's around and available and managing very, very well in the Premier League, it's just, a, it must be bloody awful for Arteta to see him there and to this hear his was, name being sung. This is uh, meant, to, this is meant to be po- a light-hearted... Uh, allow, me, allow, me, allow me then to D to mention <laughs> Owen Coyle, who has Owen who Coyle. came back from a victorious season again in the Indian Premier League, where they love him over there. And I think he's gone up to... Clyde, I'm going to have to check that. He's gone up to, he's gone up to the Scottish... Um, First division, and there's a whiff of Owen Coyle, man of the moment, about grandpa. I'm not having it in a couple of years' time. I'm gonna mm. maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be the new grandpa, basically, and maybe they he'll be the do new. Do play Coyle. such good passing, or his? Nah, don't go there. We seem to be letting other teams sort of get out of their slumps at the moment, don't we? He's the current manager of Queens Park. Owen Coyle, and I don't mean Rangers, but um, yeah, well, we've done, we've been doing that all season. I mean, before the last three games, you know, there's always a couple of games where you think, I want those points back, you know, we always mm-hmm. sit there and have that conversation. Um, and it was definitely Everton and United wanting those points back from, from the last round because they were both um, in the doldrums when we played them and we just did our Arsenal after you clawed bit and gave them the leg up that they needed. Um, yeah. But now... Now, any of these nine points that have gone by, I'll take. I'll take three of them. Mm. That'd be nice. Uh, now, this is a one from somebody called Glyn. Here it is, Glyn Thomas. Um, it's a quiz I've thought up based around the musings of your favourite former Tottenham Hotspur, Man United and England centre-forward, Teddy Sheringham. I'm calling it What Teddy Said. And what you have to do is guess who Teddy is talking about from each quote. Um, This isn't actually all that funny, but it's like an actual quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, number one, blank is the uh, the fill in the blank with the name of a manager. Blank was just cutting his teeth as a manager and I was a 17-year-old cocky kid who thought he knew everything. I had a certain laid-back style about the way football should be played and he knocked that out of me good and proper. George, George Graham. George Graham is the right answer. T said it. Damien had put his hand up. I know. I thought there's some sort of... <laughs> Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up a pair of them. 
Answer without uh, being asked. Put your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that is George Graham who managed Sheringham when they were both at Millwall. Uh, question two. Who is Teddy talking about? When I joined, he came walking down the corridor and said, ah, oh, you must be Edward Sheringham. I told him I was, but I prefer to be called Teddy. He said, OK, welcome to the club, Edward. I know Who is he one, talking about? Let D do it. Put your uh, hand up if you know it. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to guess. I'm going to yeah. guess at Alex Ferguson. No. It's Brian Clough. It's Brian two Clough. Nil, oh. Two nil Papula. Oh, he even let you shoot there. You got you. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely... Oh, I didn't Robert even Pires hit... the penalty there. That was a, <laughs> that was a Cedric free kick uh, from me there. You know that Pires Henri penalty when Pires yeah. Henri wanted Pires to pass it. I think Pires should have just run over the ball and run out of the area. He didn't touch the ball. He did touch it. He didn't. No, he didn't. That's what, like he didn't touch the ball. And the, the best bit he about did that touch was it. he, he touched didn't. it. He skinned it with his. Did studs. he? I don't think it even rolled off the spot. The thing is about it, it made Danny, Danny Mills so furious. Oh, he hates Perez. He still hates. Perez. He still does. Yeah, he still can't leave it. <laughs> <laughs> It's not over it. <laughs> Every so often it comes on when I find myself idly um, yearning for the old days, which was increasingly ages ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really oh, really Did you see that so thing the other day? It was the 18th anniversary of uh, Thierry against Liverpool. I was like, holy smokes, it's 18 mm. years. But um, there was a Thierry kind of, um, well, just, you know, just Thierry being Thierry on the sky. And then they showed, the, I'll never get bored of him doing Danny Mills like that. In the corner no. flag. Oh, <laughs> in the no. corner flag. Daniel well, this year is the 20th anniversary, anniversary of Sol Campbell has done the double, 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 double. And we're still singing it, and it's the yeah, 20th anniversary coming up. Uh, okay, this isn't a manager, this is a former player. At the team hotel, we used to take it in turns to look after him because he was full of beans for probably 20 hours of the day. We took it in turns to go and have a sleep and then maybe have a game of snooker or tennis with him. Anything to keep him occupied or where he would disrupt the rest of us. Who is Teddy talking about? I'm going to have to come back. Gascoigne. Gascoigne is right. Gascoigne is right. Who is Teddy talking about? This is the manager. He created a nice feeling in the camp. This is when he's talking about... England. It does, not, it does not come by accident. You have to work at creating an atmosphere and blank created a club atmosphere. I've never been more conflicted about that game. That whole Euros, basically, uh, against Spain, I was, um, I think it was in my last year, you knew then, and um, when Teddy Sheringham was going to take his penalty, everyone mm. was like, you've got to kiss the screen. I'm like, oh, I can't. Kiss, kiss the <laughs> screen? You know, just silly superstitions. And it was like, you know, kiss the screen for that one they scored, that one they scored. And it was Teddy saying, I can't do it, I won't. <laughs> so I did it, like, so I actually did, as if it would matter, but then, like, I actually put my hand over my lips and kissed the screen like you do when you're at school. Do you know what, have you ever heard of kissing the screen, Dee? I don't know, but I've just taken a screenshot of your face as Dee told the story. <laughs> <laughs> I must Dee, say, got, this Dee, is a, so this is a pre-COVID Euro, isn't it? You've got so yeah. many ridiculous superstitions, Dee. I am not being hauled <laughs> over the coals, coals for kissing the screen. Uh, he's, talking about Terry, he's talking about Terry Venables, by the yeah. way, going back to the answer. But uh, I, the conflict the conflict was actually the, 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 the game against Holland, where he is yeah. annoyingly brilliant in that game, isn't he? Yeah, oh, so was the yeah, he was. Team. Well, uh, on that, I remember getting in a lot of trouble because do you remember when um, England France beat England two nil, and Nicholas and Nelka scored two really good goals, and I cheered them. We were around at Norman's watching, <laughs> and I cheered because Anelka <laughs> scored two pretty cracking goals. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That would have been ninety nine, I reckon. Yeah, he got in, didn't he, and finished. He could yeah. finish that boy. Yeah. Uh, number is. five, he goes, uh, who is Sheringham talking about? I hate those wanky, floppy-haired comedians on pseudo-intellectual <laughs> game shows like QI. I hate those washed-up old DJs from the South Coast. <laughs> and don't get me started on those loudmouth carpenters from Walthamstow. <laughs> Wankers, the lot of them. <laughs> It's Who is Teddy talking about? And the answer is, he's talking about Sandy Toxvig, Norman Cook and Jesus. <laughs> very good. Good jokes. Uh, thank you very much, Glyn Thomas. 
the listeners have saved us again, lads. The listeners have saved us again. Yeah, fair enough. With their, con- with their content. Uh, Ashley Harvey's come up with a Ben White song um, to the tune of Call Me by Blondie. Ben White, Ben White, <laughs> he's a beautiful porn star. <laughs> <laughs> And why? I think he's going to shag my wife, but I don't mind because when he plays his dynamite, Ben White. <laughs> I, uh, my my yeah, Arsenal calendar hadn't updated to the fact that we're playing at 12.30 this Saturday, so I've got to change my flight. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Playing at 12.30, yeah. It's 12.30, isn't it? I thought it was well, 3 o'clock. I thought I'd yeah. right. get the city. Oh, I love an early morning kickoff. You're going to come up for it, Dean? Yeah. Of course, I'm going to be a, a new me, though. I'm going to be the uh, model of self-control and calm. You, you haven't had Red Bull knee for a while, actually. No, like, I've been a bit. I've, I've been a bit disappointed with myself in the last two. Should games. explain that. Basically, D comes to the game so hyped up, and he has about three Red Bulls just before, and he sits down, and his right knee, and I sit next to him, <laughs> and his right knee goes up and down um, until somebody says, "Same old Arsenal, always cheating," and then he shoots up. Just kind of shouts directly in the back of the head of the person in front of him. The poor, poor person in front of him. Yeah, the poor bastard. Yeah. It's kind of cringes. Um, so yeah. yeah. What's the new, what's the new D? Like one uh, red ball I'm, I'm going to be cu- well. You see, CBD oil spliff. It, you, it, should, it, it, you should. You know when Vieri used to put Vicks vapor yeah. rub on his shirt. <laughs> you should do that with some CBD oil. <laughs> maybe that's what Vera does to be so calm and the technical. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I do need to do something like that because I've let myself down, I think. I've, I changed uh, my yeah. routine for the Brighton game. It was much more anxious as a result. Well, this is it. It's caffeine versus marijuana <laughs> with us two, isn't it, really? They're, those are the two <laughs> stimulants or it's not. Got to be caffeine on a Saturday morning, the Man United game. It's a big weekend, you know, because... I'm going to Wembley Stadium for Tyson Fury oh, and Dillian White. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I'm up, I'm up for that. I'm very much hoping for a negative COVID test sometime before the, before the weekend. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking for an Arsenal win and then an epic uh, epic fight in the evening. It could be I take it, it you've got good. good seats. I hope so, yeah. I don't know, actually, know where I'll be sitting. Right. Um, just a quick one there. Martin Mannion has sent an email. Uh, it was claimed recently that Teddy Sheringham had no redeeming qualities. <laughs> Here's one. 2002, Arsenal are romping towards another double. The only piss on our chips is Spurs are in the League Cup final against an unfancied Blackburn. Everyone assumes they're going to win, including Spurs. Teddy, in a pathetically transparent attempt to win over the Spurs fans, who never welcomed him back after he pissed off to Man United, Declared during the build-up to the final that winning this game would mean more to him than winning the treble with United. (laughs) (laughs) I never forget the convulsions I experienced reading this in the evening standard on the Friday. (laughs) And it ended up getting so bad on the Sunday evening after watching their hubris get so royally shafted in Cardiff. I almost had to be hospitalised. Thank you, Teddy, (laughs) for that wonderful contribution to one of the most hilarious episodes in the history of the club that keeps on giving. They do keep on giving, Tottenham. <laughs> it is, we are very fortunate. We should always remember this. That yeah, thank God. We, our rivals are Spursy, yeah. and that, that helps. <laughs> Lads, do you think we're going to be... Go on, T. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's just a hello that I just remembered from... Because I went to the Villa game away, which was... Uh, um, yes. Did you over-celebrate? The last or were you in the whole end? I was in the I was in the whole. <laughs> yeah, keep your head down. I was in the I, I was in the uh, whole end. Um, so hello to uh, Satya, who I went up there, and obviously Frank Frank Patterson. You know, hi teacher, Frank. Who, uh, hi Frank. Always loves a hello on this. And I met a guy called Aston on the train, who was an Arsenal fan. Aston. Aston, the Arsenal fan, on his way to Aston Villa. Yep. Um, uh, and he's a big fan of the pod. Um, walked good. Past. I haven't heard it for a while. Someone going, she was nice under their breath. She walked down the plane, nice. train carriage. Um, oh, but yeah, no, definitely didn't coat. definitely didn't over celebrate. <laughs> but the Arsenal fans that day, the lovely sunny, <laughs> the Arsenal fans that day were brilliant, and that's probably why the players actually went so mad afterwards because the fans were amazing, and it was mm. um, sitting like sitting on your hands listening to like. Prime is just going on about like cheating cockneys oh. <laughs> for ninety minutes. I mean, D, you would never have done it. They, they no. everything they were going and we were cheating away. You, you, you would have gone as claret as the as their shirts would have done. Well, as I am now with my sunburn. Yeah, 
Yeah, that would yeah. blow me up. Well, their fans are really up for those a lot of those signings, aren't they? They love Ramsdale. Uh, Erdegaard and Ben White have been doing well. Kieran Tierney and Tommy Yasu, exceptional until they got injured. Partey came back from AFCON in outstanding form. And, of course, absolutely love ESR and Saka. Mm. So there was a good vibe going on when, when the wins were coming. And now they've had a knockback. Uh, the fans will still be there for them. Uh, there's a lot of love in the room for the for these guys, so they'll get good support at Stamford Bridge, and hopefully they can they can do something there. You know, they got badly beaten by Chelsea in August, and they've got to redeem it. They've got to do something if they want to be in the Champions League. Amen. Yeah, they've got to do something. Good luck to those boys. Come on, Arsenal. It really would be good to beat Chelsea in United. I'd love it. So good. I'd I'd love it. Love it. Love it. (laughs) I'd love it. Um, All right, lads. I think I'm going to go and have a a Halls soother. Other cough sweets are available. Go for a dip. (laughs) Cheers. Bye.